Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Cut and Splice. This is Matt. This is Gil. And this is Jason. Today, we're going to take a quick look at directors who either started out or basically made their names as actors and how those seemingly different crafts seem to overlap and who has been successful and who maybe hasn't been. Obviously, there's a lot of history uh, going back probably well going all the way back to charlie chaplin obviously to uh people like kenneth brana uh and ben affleck so uh hopefully we'll be able to be uh terse in our comments but uh this actually could turn into a four-hour episode if we go off the rails but anyway i'll leave it to the guys to get started with their initial thoughts and hopefully we will be terse. <laughs> um, and uh, I think Jason, you, um, uh, you were mentioning something about uh, you're looking up some stuff about it. Hopefully we'll be more terse than Matt's intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um, no, uh, I just, I just wasn't sure what, what we were going to talk about. So I just like Googled a list and, um, um yeah i was just writing some stuff down i oh you were talking about when i um when i before we were starting yeah 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 when i said like oh good oh my gosh um looking at tom hanks um, no no no, before before tom hanks actually is what it was um so i was just looking some stuff up i saw the list of people and some of them were like most of it was obvious stuff i knew they had that these actors had directed stuff a few of them i wasn't sure and i didn't know about and then some of them were like tom hanks and um and stuff where i was like i know that person has directed stuff i just don't remember exactly what and with him i remembered it was uh that thing you do and a few other ones that he's done but um the thing that made me surprised was when i looked at um kevin costner because um i knew that kevin costner had directed some stuff but when I looked at him right now, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that um, he's only directed like, uh, I don't know, like four things, I think, or let me see, uh, three things. <laughs> and all three of them are pretty darn good movies. <laughs> it's like Dances with Wolves, Postman, and Open Range. And I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> if those are your only three movies. <laughs> uh, he didn't direct Waterworld. Oh, right, right. Um, uh, yeah, that's why am I thinking that he directed it? Yeah, no, that's true. He directed The Postman, which came after. Yeah. It was also like a very ambitious movie. I think there's just some similarities. Waterworld was um, the uh, Reynolds, no, like Prince of Thieves director, something? I think so. I think so. But um, either way, the the point is, I, the, it just surprised me because I either thought he had done five or six movies and a bunch were lesser films or something like that but i just looked i was like oh yeah i remember that he did open range i remember that he did dance with wolves i didn't remember he did postman but it's a kind of an underrated movie and i was just like that's three for three that's pretty darn good <laughs> yeah no it is interesting uh, and matt mentioned uh chaplin is definitely uh, one of the early big ones but yeah they, they, and maybe he's the one who sort of started it is these sometimes 
actors who like to be in control to some degree. There's two kinds. There's the people who want to get into directing as a as a challenge, and there's the people that just like to just have control over their material in, in some ways. But the funny thing is in the modern age, comedy is not that way. You would have the Mike Myers and the Jim Carrey that do sort of take over their projects in some way, but they don't fully on direct them. Um, but then again, there's people like Ben Stiller that do um, stuff that's similar to what Chaplin did. Woody Allen is an obvious one, but he sort of started as a writer director i yeah. feel like in some ways he started as a comedian but he pretty much was never he was never acting in other movies before he became a director he sort of yeah yeah woody allen ran through my my mind when we were talking about this and it, i he just didn't fit for me just because of that just because of the fact that he just kind of started as the quote-unquote auteur you know just you know like he's he's just in control of what's going on. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not putting Woody Allen down, by the way, I think he's one of the greatest filmmakers ever made and uh, ever, ever made. Uh, who's ever lived. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, go ahead and fight me, but, uh, that's a, that's a different episode. Yeah. That uh, aside, uh, <laughs> that's when we do the Annie Hall episode and Jason can go ahead to have here, but the, uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, also Stallone, I feel like, is another one that uh, in the Chaplin vein sort of got a lot of success early on as a writer and actor and then wanted to take over his franchises, essentially, and yeah. uh, to help them completely. So there's definitely that aspect of it. But then there's the ones that uh, I don't know where I would put Eastwood in that category. I would put the, put him in the category of trying to find another challenge and just becoming sort of like an all-time great director, which is more rare. Like you, you definitely see a lot of successful ones, but Eastwood is definitely one of those that, um, like, I don't know if there's too many examples like Eastwood where he, you can act for several decades and then all of a sudden shift to directing and you realize that you're like an all-time great, you know, like the Affleck was, is a recent one that I felt like if he could keep that momentum of the few movies that he made, yeah. um, he could also be on that trajectory, probably not Eastwood, but just be a solid director. I honestly feel like he can so have so far a, he's four for four. I think he would have a better legacy if he just kept making moving movies. But I wonder if it's a calculation on his part as like, well, the, this run is not going to go on forever, so I might as well. I don't know if he's spacing them out or looking for the right project or just saying like, why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> like I, I've made those four movies; they're all good. Why, why, um, why risk a, a miss? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do wonder, I mean, do you think that there's something to, to it? Obviously actors know how to communicate with actors. So there's this notion that they tend to get very good performances, you know, from, uh, other actors. Um, but, but I feel like then again, some of them don't necessarily nope. have, uh, <laughs> What? Don't Jesus said some of them don't. <laughs> like, some of them don't that too, but uh, no. But I, I meant more um, that they wouldn't necessarily um, have a, a keen visual eye, right? Know, or 
things like that that might translate that they're mostly like maybe very character driven and but some of them do i you know uh yeah it's uh i guess we can run up some more examples to i i honestly um i've never really put too much thought into um into the the aspect that you're that you're talking about like trying to like put them into one category or another i just kind of think that like some people have the talent to do both and some people don't you know and a lot of people try and and some people are capable and some people are really really good and some people are terrible but uh at directing i should say um regardless of how they were as an actor and um yeah, I, I guess if I was to put them into categories, I'd say it's to me, I more think of it as like, which ones do I think of primarily as a director first and then um, as an actor second, you know, or something like that? Because and, and I mean, some of that, obviously, like, like, for instance, that's how I would think of Ron Howard. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of his acting was, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's so, another big one. He he's all so also in the Eastwood category, even though he wasn't. Uh, he was mostly a child actor for the most part. Right. Um, yeah, that's he transitioned pretty early on, but but yeah, became like a really good director. Like go go figure. Like that's that's um yeah. that's pretty just, rare. Just throwing it out there, his daughter is probably on the way to becoming a really good director too. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I, I guess you could you would consider not really, but Sofia Coppola, even though she was really bad and got fought the tree. So I I was trying to I saw her on the list, and I was like trying to think okay, other than Godfather three, what did she ever do? I, I was no no sure. it was mostly just Coppola uh, as he likes casting yeah. his yeah. family members so and like, stuff. She was never really like, an actress, yeah. Per se. It's like that's that's what I was trying to say. It's like I don't I'm not trying to say you have to have done X, Y, and Z to become a, a real actor or anything stupid like that. But it's like, realistically, I think after her first couple movies and seeing what kind of talent she had as a director, I think most people would agree that she's more of a director than she ever was as an actress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's the only director that I can think of who's never made a three-hour movie, but every single one of them feels like it's four hours. Wow. But... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, uh, loss in translation was good I, I'll, I'll give her that but <laughs> Virgin Suicide is a really good movie uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll throw over that one too <laughs> Not that I have it's funny I remember movie. I saw that movie uh, it's very memorable to me because it was my first um, date with my first girlfriend <laughs> we went oh, to see geez. that movie <laughs> And I, and I was a big movie fan at the time, but it was like, ah, what, what is this? <laughs> it was, just like, was not a good movie. I mean, like, I wasn't crazy about it at the time. I, I'm sure I would appreciate it more now, but I was, but I was also just young and horny and, you know, maybe was more on the date. I was kind of like thinking like, well, I was like, I guess I was doing it for her sake. I, I don't know if we decided on it together because it was like a you know sort of like a more like a chick flick or that's the way i perceived it as the time as an idiot adolescent 
in any case, yeah, the word suicide just rings chick flicks, doesn't it? No, but like, well, I'm sure if you saw the trailer and you saw all the large, you know, the the content of the movie, you could be you could be forgiven for making that mistake. It is very funny in hindsight when you think about the end of that movie. It's not a chick flick at all. (laughs) No, no, no. It was just very. uh, If it was a downer, as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and I guess I wasn't ready for that when I was 18, and you know, mostly I was into (laughs) action movies and whatnot yeah mm-hmm. but it's all good it's just a memorable movie going experience i think also i guess you know there's some of the more recent ones like olivia wilde um i guess started like directing yeah her um, movie was uh, great. wasn't i i was pretty disappointed with it the the recent one the yeah oh yeah i had very high I had very high, um, uh, not expectations, but uh, hopes for it. And then I, I was like, wow, it was uh, pretty disappointing. I mean, her first film, uh, Booksmart, was one of those movies. I, I mean, it was critically praised and I went to go see it. And I was just thinking, like, this is super bad on NyQuil. Huh. Like, it's it's just boring. I mean, it's the same story as uh, it, it. It's just not. It, it's it it it's just boring. It's not there. There's nothing really going on here. And then, don't worry, darling, was just pretentious drivel. I mean, it it was just. You're being more generous than I would be, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it had some, <laughs> it, it had some nice images from, you know, you know, you know, here and there, but it was just, it, it. I just feel like they didn't think about the third act at all. I don't think that they thought about anything. I, I mean, I think that they just, it, I, I don't think that they, they actually thought about the story and how they were going to tell it. I thought they thought about the message and just like threw a bunch of shit on a page and made it into a movie. Yeah. Anyway, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like she's trying to be very ambitious and very yeah. like intellectual about her approach to the movies with both of them, but 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 maybe she's just not hitting it right, like right like out of the park. Like she's just um who knows, maybe she might get better like anything else. Um but, but it is one of the interesting aspects of directing in general that um i mean actors definitely have some idea of what it is to be a director because they're on set all the time but yeah directing uh, and this is a maybe a different subject of conversation is is really you don't really need to have any specific technical abilities you need to just have a passion for a story you want to tell and as long as you um, put a, a good solid technical group together uh, you can make a pretty solid movie, you yeah, know, but you, it's... You, you have to have a vision and you have to be a good communicator. You have to be a good uh, manager. And part of being a good manager is surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, which is, yeah, uh, what directors do as far as like getting the right actors. So, you know, um, yeah, but uh, but and I do wonder... Yeah, if there is anything to the whole like 
I don't think that uh, actors. It's not like in 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 sports where it's very common nowadays that a former player will become a coach, uh, mm-hmm. and that makes it better because the players have respect for him because he used to be a mm-hmm. player. Uh, it feels like it's a uh, it's a mixed bag. It's both can work, and it's just a matter of uh, of of just like where is that person coming from. I'm trying to think of any other examples that could shed some light on it. Um, examples of what? Of, you know, actors that became directors. Oh, I have a whole list here. We haven't. Even yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, we talked about Ben Affleck. I mean, John Favreau is a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I do wonder, I guess that that's true, but he sort of started as, um, I guess he didn't, because no, the, the, uh, he started as a writer. Though, I think he so. wrote, he wrote uh, what you gonna call it? Swingers. Swingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like um, his claim to fame, no? And then he acted in it, and then I'll, he. I'll double check. I I think you're right about that. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think he was one of those people who were always intended to get to that point. I'm just, but I mean, the fact is, he acted for years. You know. Yeah, because it's you know it was a way when you're trying to get your foot in the door if. Yeah. You're gonna get cast and like you know, you're not gonna say no. But right, but right. you sometimes you see the people where like their real passion was to try and write a direct, but but it's just that the um for example, Bill Hader, if I'm not mistaken, wanted to be a filmmaker. I think he might have even gone to film school or something, but but then once he realized that he had like acting chops and comedic ability and stuff, he built on that and made a career out of it. But but now with Barry, he now he's directing episodes of that show, and then it become like his vehicle to essentially be a filmmaker in a way. Yeah. And may, who knows? Maybe once he's done with that show, he'll branch out and and attempt to direct actual movies. You know. Oh, so just to answer your question, um, yeah, John Favreau did write and also co-produce uh, Swingers, but uh, Doug Liman directed it. Yeah, and I gotta say, there's definitely a lot of examples of. Um, of people that just do a really good job at it, like really succeed, like that they'll be better than average. As far well, as their- obviously one of the best ones, uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is a big one, as uh, uh, as Matt and Trey Parker said. Like the man knows his uh, <laughs> story. story. Right. Yeah, I, I, I believe the quote is, "The son of a bitch knows stories." <laughs> oh, my nipples are so sensitive. Don't twist them. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just going down the line here. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, George yeah, Clooney. Sorry. Um, yeah. Obviously, Robert Redford. He did some great movies. Uh, oh, George yeah. Clooney is uh, is not a great example because he, he. No, I know. I just he definitely has a, a few uh, duds. Yeah, that monument yeah, yeah. and was should have been a great movie, and it just has a real tone problem. Yeah, but good night and good luck. He just knocked that. That's true. That is a, a good one. I, I mean that 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 movie still makes me cry, and I've probably seen it ten times. It's a really good movie. Yeah, no, no, he made enough movies that he's got a few that are are pretty uh, decent. Also, I saw Leatherheads, which was fun. It was not great, but it was. I wanted uh, to enjoyable. see that. I never saw it. I mostly was curious to see that period in time. You know, yeah, so that yeah. was more like uh, more than anything else. Yeah, but uh, but also, uh, you know, quiz show was brought up, and I was actually thinking about that earlier today because uh, that's a 1994 film, and 
that was actually kind of a year of a lot of good movies like Shawshank Redemption. And uh, Gil, I know I was talking to you about Before the Rain that, you know, like some really good movies that came out that just flopped at the box office. Uh, but yeah, I'm mean, quiz show is a, a freaking masterpiece. It, I, I mean, it, it, it is really well done and it brings up some brilliant ideas and it, it's just massively masterfully crafted drama. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of, of praise that should still be heaped upon that movie that it has been lacking for a long time. Yeah. That was uh, Robert Redford and, um, yeah. and the, um, we did learn uh, the script in film school and like studied it. And I, I also read yeah. a book where they analyzed it. So, yeah. Um, no. This is in uh, no particular order, but uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, Kenneth a Branagh. One. A recent one. Yeah, a recent one too, yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know how many movies she directed, but I, I definitely saw uh, at least one of Jodie Foster's movies. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, I really liked her first movie, The The Beaver. I thought it was like really underrated. And then oh, as we, that movie we are, screwed with me. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> in, in in all the wrong ways, it screwed with me. But yeah. <laughs> okay. um, we we already talked about Kevin Costner. He's three three for three. Oh, here's yeah. a good one. I I made a note about this one. Um, I have brought this up on our podcast before already. But um, Tom McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he, in my opinion, I'd say that he's um. Uh, like uh, four for five <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember if he's made five uh, or six except for the, uh, the Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. And even that one's, it's not a bad movie. It's just all his other movies. I enjoy so much. And that one, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, I would say like about uh, Jordan Peele is uh, yes. it is interesting. I wonder if there's more examples that of people that started out as essentially comedians but then mm. become very uh, like directors in a very different genre, you know, like horror and, and drama that he's doing now. I mean, I'm sure like he, he definitely has some humor in his movies, but I, uh, I haven't um, seen his last one. But in an interview, I, I, I hope I'm not misquoting this. I, I'm pretty sure it was him that was saying this, but somebody said something about about that, about what you just said about like being that his movies are horror movies or whatever. And he he said something like, "I think all my movies are funny or something like that." Yeah, no, no, he's definitely got a got a twist to it, but it's but it's not what you would expect from someone who was a sketch comedy Agreed. writer. It says definitely out of left field. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting. I don't know. It's I'm glad we're talking about it because it is interesting the different ways that it definitely feels like a lot of these people. It's it's some sort of like passion they have in them. And some of them, like say, like a Redford or um, some other ones, we'll just do two, three movies that, like you know, Clooney. Maybe he, he, maybe he made two, three movies too many Clooney, but but you know, like the uh, Good Night, Good Luck, like having those few projects that you really just want to get made, but but you don't want to let let go of that control and you want to do it on your own, and um, and it's often like a good recipe, I guess, for a for a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking about the contrast between, uh, I mean, specifically between Kevin Costner and Kenneth Branagh, mm. and it, because Kenneth Branagh's 
pretty damn prolific as a director. I mean, he did, uh, and his filmography does precede Henry V in 1989, but, I mean, he was still known as a theater actor even before he was in front of the camera, so I, I, I think that he qualifies as an actor who transitioned into directing, but, like, his big takeoff both as an actor and as a director was basically the same film. Um, but I mean, Kevin Costner obviously has been around forever as an actor dances with wolves, the postman. I mean, open range. It's amazing that that was the last film that he's directed so far. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Kevin Costner actually said recently that his next directorial project is going to be a Western and he's planning on it being like five hours long and like this huge sweeping thing that he's doing. And I'm like, if it's half as good as open range, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah. Right. I'll do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Kenneth Brown has been up and down kind of as a director. I mean, well, actually, to say kind of is to put it lightly. Henry V, freaking great. Dead Again, not so great. Yeah. You know, uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Fantastic. Yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, kind of a dud. Hamlet, uh, I, it's the it's really the only film version of Hamlet that I still rewatch and it takes me four and a half hours every time I do it, but I stand by it. It's the best film adaptation of Hamlet ever made. You've never rewatched the Lion King. <laughs> I'm sorry. If it's, anima- if it's going, animated. It, yeah. If it's animated, I haven't rewatched it. Definitely not really? Uh, I was just now. joking. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you like it, yeah, the uh, sleuth, absolute bomb, awful movie, really bad. <laughs> and actually, the funny thing is, sleuth uh, was one. Uh, I I think it's the first movie that I named of his that he directed that he wasn't in. He just went behind the camera, and this is counterintuitive for me because I kind of always thought that actors would probably be better if they just split the, you know, you know, split their jobs. Well, well, didn't split their jobs that they would just step behind the camera and use their acting prowess to direct the actors. But sleuth was a time when he actually stepped behind the camera entirely and just let Jude law. And I think, uh, uh, Michael Caine, uh, acted out and it, it's just a terrible movie. It's, uh, yeah. Then he directed Thor. <laughs> Fantastic. So, you know, big comeback. Then Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Meh. And then he directed Cinderella, which I think we could all agree is the only good live action Disney remake. Yeah, Jungle Book's all right. I haven't seen it. Um, Jungle Book is pretty you, good. You you should see Cinderella. It's actually pretty good. Really? Yeah. I uh, maybe I will. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but generally, I actually did spot a, a, another one is uh, John Krasinski, uh, another yeah. one of those yeah, uh, comedy oh, yeah. actors that turned like suspense. You know, the quiet place. 
quiet place, but but that yeah. was like a oneer. Like it seems like it might not. I don't know if he's continuing the. Uh, is he directing the? Did he direct the sequel or? Yes, he did. Okay, but I know the third one might be someone else or something. I'll be curious to see what he does with um, aside from sequels of uh, that movie. Yeah. Um, if he does anything really big after that. Yeah, Sean Penn is another one that uh, oh, sort of yeah. like a, a few passion projects that he wanted to make. Uh, Warren Beatty has a, a few. Orson yeah. Welles. Orson Welles, yeah, that's one that was going to bring up, but but he did start out as a director in movies. He didn't really act in oh, movies okay. before he became a director. He was a he was a theater actor. That's fair. And yeah. director. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so he's sort of like a Woody Allen in a way, where he basically once his movie career started, he started exactly yeah. And what comedy. about um, Sidney Pollack? Yeah, Sidney Pollack is another one for sure. Uh, but that's that is actually interesting. Is the flip side is is directors that become actors that's more rare and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love Werner Herzog. Yeah, there's a few of them. I mean, I His... think uh, Truffaut actually was in a few movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herzog's uh, cameo in in Rick and Morty is always oh going to be gosh. iconic. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's incredible. I have lived among the humans. They are obsessed with their penises. It is fun to call them small. It is fun to say that they are big. I have seen people hold a pencil against their crotch and say, "Look, I am such and so, Dick." And it has never failed to give a laugh to get a laugh. <laughs> He's amazing. Um, uh, Gil, you were mentioning um, a while back that you never saw um, the Jack Reacher movie. Um, yeah, Warner Herzog's in that one, and he's very good. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I feel like Warner Herzog has become some sort of like uh caricature, yeah, of the, he's a little of the obscure, like foreign director, like the uh, the odd um foreign director, and, and he just like pops in everywhere because he's old, like so showing up on set for a day here and there, it's uh simpler than making a whole movie. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say a few other ones, um. Uh, as um, Rob Reiner was an actor, yep. who, even though he started out in the business because of his father and stuff, but still became a, was an actor before he became a director. And and again, mm -hmm. I, I would say one of the all time greats when you consider some of his movies. Uh, so it's it's amazing when that that actually happens. I don't and, remember what he acted in. <clears throat> Uh, all in the family. I mean, the yeah. sitcom, okay. yeah. and I'm sure he had a few other things, but he was very famous for that because that ran for years. Sure, sure. Um, the um, had... it's sort of, I guess, in a way, like uh, like Ron Howard, only that Ron Howard didn't become a comedy director. Rob Reiner also actually didn't do comedy Ron exclusively. Howard, Ron Howard did uh, Arrested Development, and that's that's one of the greatest comedic TV shows of all time. Yeah, but that's later on. Uh, I mean, true, he true. his movies once because he, he came from a sitcom, and once he started yeah. directing, he went pretty much all like serious movies. Rob Reiner actually did Spinal Tap and a few comedies as well as yeah. dramas, so he kind of mixed it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Spinal Tap is obviously the. I mean, it might have been the first mockumentary. I don't know, but it, it's still my favorite mockumentary. Well, there's not too many of them, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's mostly but, that and the Christopher Guest movies. 
Well, the, yeah. the mockumentary, it, what, it, there might not be too many movie movies that are mockumentaries, but the the influence of those movies definitely helped push the mockumentary TV show style, which is now huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, for sure. That's that definitely something where it translated to TV. But yeah, when I well. think about... When I think about Rob Reiner, I think about Mercy and Stand By Me and uh, A Few yeah. Good Men and all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Penny Marshall, I guess, was an actress before she became a director. She she was a pretty I'm, good director. I'm not too familiar with her movies. Oh, well, yeah, I think she did big, right? And uh, no, she did a few uh, um, big movies. Uh, yeah, big awakenings, a league of their own. Uh, yeah, the of their own. I, isn't that uh, Tom Hanks? Yeah, the one with Tom Hanks. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You were talking about. I'm. I'm sorry. You. I, you weren't listing her directing things. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no, I, got, no. I got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, her, I got her directing I, credits. I, yeah. No, no, no. She. No, she directed a league of their own. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, Tom but Hanks in any was case, in it. But yeah. Uh, anyways, I was going to mention um, what was I going to mention? Oh, yeah. And then one last thing that I thought was uh, interesting is um, an example of Bradley Cooper. Uh, yes. I feel like and interestingly. Is an example of uh, and maybe Greta Gerwig to some degree, too, is um, actors that uh, feel like maybe their acting career is not going the way they would like and they go into into directing in order to find maybe like a second wind in their career because uh bradley greta gerwig was never like um an it girl or it actress it didn't seem like she was in a few um um back movies because they're i think friends and now they're a couple and everything but she never really took off as an actress uh, and then now she's bigger than ever or just directing movies and Bradley Cooper too even though he's been in a bunch of movies I guess there's this whole thing about I don't know he has like a bad rap in the industry or something people like uh, don't consider him that good of an actor or something and um, you know something about him wanting the quick acting too or something and 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 it's part of the reason why he went into directing so so it is interesting that other category of people that try to find a second career before their acting career dips too low that they don't have any clout you know yeah but he's uh he's gone back to do movies since the or since the the movie he directed exactly well he said something because he when he did um licorice pizza like he said like he he was almost gonna give up on acting or something and then he got the call from Paul Thomas Anderson, and, and then he got a call for the part in the uh, uh, Del Toro movie. You know, it was something about like he was just kind of done with it, like he was very jaded about it. Um, and now he's got that second movie that he's directing, the one about uh, Leonard Bernstein, I think. Maestro. Um, the Maestro, something. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that that is a different category, and I'm sure if we d dug deep, we could find. Uh, actors who, you know, either are jaded or not crazy about where their acting career is going, so they they kind of go into directing. You know what's where it's very common? TV, 
a lot of like the Star, <laughs> Star Trek actors, I've noticed, like they'll they'll tend to if you get on a TV show that's like seven, eight seasons long, they'll often ask the producers to allow them to direct a few episodes because then they can get their guild membership or something to get into the director's guild. And then they can essentially hop between shows and make a living because they know that they got lucky and they got cast in this one TV show because they had a certain look that matched what the producers were looking. But they, they had this hunch that, you know, once this show is over, they won't be able to find any other work. So that the, but the directing, you know, in, in TV, you're pretty much a traffic cop for the most part. All you have to do is just show up and like, you know, get your shots the dp knows what to do the actors know how to act the characters so you don't need as much talent to to stay afloat as a tv director as you would like say like a film director or yeah stuff where you well, generate I mean, all your own ideas only relevant to that i you know the director of uh probably the greatest uh star trek film outside of Wrath of Khan, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, I was just, I was just going to say Rikers is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, he directed Star Trek: First Contact, and, uh, and he kind of, you know, eked his way into that role in the same way. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently, uh, I I don't know if this is just a Star Trek nerd fact, but he actually got the um, the nickname Two Take Frakes. <laughs> because uh, he he just he would only do two takes and they would just move on and like you know it was it was a just a a mantra on the set like you, you know you're only going to get two takes and then we're going to you know go on to the next thing but uh yeah i, I mean unfortunately outside of the star trek universe i don't think he's really done much as a director but uh he did manage to knock it out of the park with first contact yeah no i think he just locked out with a very um good script and everything came along just right i honestly don't think that movie is that tremendous directing what? wise I, I i directing wise i think it's very pedestrian like i, I just think it just goes through the motions there's nothing super unique about it but uh, but I, I do appreciate the fact that as a Star Trek story, it's outstanding, um, you know, so I, I, I but I'm just saying that he <laughs> he didn't mess it up, let's just say. But I, I don't think he elevated in any way. And that's why I think he's not directing other big movies, because, you know, it's pretty limited. I'm sure he directs TV a lot. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, he directed that episode of the Orville, didn't he? Uh, I can only assume. I'm I'm pretty sure he did. I I can't point to the one that he did. I I think it's like Seth MacFarlane, by the way, is not only writing but directing a lot of episodes of The Orville, and that that show is uh, going full cinematic. So, uh, Um, yeah. uh, Gil, since you're trying (laughs) to analyze the different types of these actors turned directors, what do you think about Zach Braff? Yeah, I saw him. Uh, it's uh, on the list. It's it's interesting. I mean, uh, he he definitely. Um, uh, it's also like a passion project thing because he when he did uh, Garden State, I feel like he really went all out. It went very stylish and really tried to make it his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if he's done much since then. Like I'm sure he's directed he's some stuff, but, yeah. but not notable. 
Uh, Sarah Polly is an interesting one because she did that um, that documentary. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one. That if you haven't, you should. Yeah, that that's actually interesting because she went from being an actor uh, to to go into directing a documentary that's not a very conventional documentary. Let's just say. Um, uh, it really something you have to see. It's it's quite uh, unique. Uh, Stories we tell. It's called. Yeah. I don't think I've even heard of it. Yeah, it's if if you want to see a, a weird documentary, like you should watch that. Um, and and with emphasis on the weird because it's uh this is a crazy twist in it, for sure. All right. Anyways. Yeah, it's, it's weird that I haven't mentioned it to you, but I guess that's why we have this podcast so we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he only directed one film so far, as far as I know, but um, uh, I, I really liked um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's film. Um, Don John. Don John, even though I was surprised years after seeing it that I started reading a few reviews and I saw, uh, listened to a podcast or two and, I thought people were incredibly critical of it, but um, I personally really liked it. I thought it was pretty good for like, um, yeah, first time endeavor. It was very creative. And, yeah, I didn't, but... I didn't, I didn't know. Like, it, it was a movie that kind of went in a direction that I didn't expect. You know, it just, yeah, it was an unexpected movie with an unexpected direction, and a, not not like directing, but you know, like the story that the direction the story went was really interesting and. Just I don't know. I, I don't. I really liked it. Yeah, but it's still within that category. I would say of uh, yeah, like new challenges, like trying to find a new challenge. Right. But then he did that and was like, okay, I'm gonna back off. <laughs> I'll go. It'd be I'm interesting using... to see if he ever does another one. Yeah, exactly. It's it's directing is not easy. It's especially if you generate your own material, your own ideas. It's uh, it's it's a lot of work and it's a big risk. You take a big risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just safer. I think that's what like Affleck pretty much like, like oh, I got these few movies. Why mess that up? Let me just go back to acting, and you know I can always blame it on the script if like the movie's bad, you know, or like the director. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and you know that that actually just you know just because it's relevant to you know uh, recent Oscars and everything, you know. Uh, just cycling back to Kenneth Branagh with Belfast mm. and, you know, winning, <laughs> winning best original screenplay and being nominated for best director for that damn good movie. And realizing like, you know, uh, and when you look at his career, his directorial debut was when I was four years old. That was 1989. And he got nominated for Best Director for Belfast, won the Oscar for the original screenplay last year. And I think that he's kind of a unique uh, character in this whole narrative in that, like, Ben Affleck went in and made Gone Baby Gone with a ton of resources behind him. I, I, I'm not trying to detract from Ben Affleck's uh, accomplishment, by the way, 
I, I, I mean, he really knocked it out of the park with Gone Baby Gone just right away. And, you know, like, holy crap, Ben Affleck can direct. And, you know, he, he keeps surprising us with how good he is at that. Uh, well, at this point, I don't think he can surprise us. I mean, he can make a masterpiece and it wouldn't surprise us at this point. But Kenneth Brana was always kind of, I, I, when you look at Kenneth Brana's filmography, I mean, there there was always something there from Henry V. Like, he knew when to hold shots and he knew when to not hold shots. I mean, there you know, like, there's a whole four and a half minute shot of Kenneth Branagh just carrying Christian Bale's dead body on his shoulder, like through the battlefield to music. Like there's just that one long shot. And he had the wherewithal as a young filmmaker in 1989 to do that. And he's just matured so much over the years that, you know, finally he makes Belfast. And the thing is, Belfast was like really his most personal film. I mean, easily his most personal film. He's really putting it all out there. And it's probably his greatest success as both a writer and a director. But it's it's the culmination of decades of honing his craft. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know where to go from there, so I just stopped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I started um, recently watching, um, not even on purpose, just kind of matter-of-factly, I just started kind of like randomly watching um, uh, a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, most of them are worth watching. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's he's always kind of had a sense for it. I, I just think that Belfast was when he put a lot of pieces together. Unfortunately, Belfast is also the first movie that he shot digitally. But well, nobody's perfect. You know, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think we he, uh, touched on the Belfast thing maybe in the Oscar episode. How um, it was very unique that he, after a long career in filmmaking, all of a sudden just made this borderline art house movie that's you know yeah different angles different shot selection it's very very tough to just twist like that and, and go against all your um earlier instincts so yeah yeah i always liked him but watching belfast gave me a new appreciation for van morrison <laughs> was van morrison <laughs> the musician the musician yeah is he in it no, he he did all of the music. No, oh, he did the music. It, yeah, all all of the music in Belfast was Van Morrison. It, oh, okay. Yeah. And it was awesome. Interesting. I barely even noticed. I mean, I'm sure the music was. I think I recall it, but it's it's been a while now. <laughs> Watching the movie uh, made me download like five songs. Really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah.